Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Ayers on the Road. Do you think these are episodes, Linda, or do you think they're like, uh, I don't know, a series? Yeah, a little series, and we have been in the air, actually, this this, this week. Oh, so we're not Ayers on the Road. Yesterday, we're Ayers in the air. air. And we have landed in Hawaii. And we are so happy to be here because we have five grandchildren here. You might think, why would anyone want to go to Hawaii in January? <laughs> but our, our reason is unique. It's because we have grandkids here. And we happen to have two of them with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? What's your name, little girl? Elsie Iyer. Elsie Iyer. You're 10, right? Yes. But you're so close to 11. How many more days till you're 11? Just a few? Yeah. Yeah, she's nearly 11. And then we've got young Poem, who goes by Poe. We uh, want to introduce yourself, Poe? My name is Poem. Yeah, and how old are you? Seven. Seven. We got, if you would just turn 11, Elsie, we'd have seven and 11. And those are, those, those, those numbers rhyme and also they're the lucky numbers. Did you know seven and eleven are the lucky numbers? And also, we have another arrival here. Oh. Our Aniston, who just turned sixteen. Anna, you were sleeping, Anna, but you heard there was a radio show and you decided to join us, right? Yeah, not the breakfast. That's not why. Oh, breakfast too. Okay. Well, we're we're gonna just have hear from these girls for a minute before we start. But Poe. You're seven. Do you have a goal? Do you have any goals for 2018? Yeah. What are they? Pulling out my tooth. Wait, 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 wait. Your goal is to pull your tooth out? Mm-hmm. Which tooth? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's a little bit loose, isn't it? I think you're going to reach that goal for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good goal. I've never, I've never talked to a person that had a goal about pulling out a tooth. What's you have any other goals? What, Poe? Is making more friends. Making more friends. That's a great goal. I would think everyone would want to be your friend. How many friends do you hope to have by the end of the year? Ten. Ten friends. How many do you have right now? Four. Four. So she's got four. She wants to get to ten. So she's going to make six more friends no, during eight the year. More. Eight oh, more? Yeah. Six more, okay. And how about a goal to work on your adding a little bit too? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> now, Elsie, do you have any goals for 2018? Yeah, I want to get through my piano book, and I also want to make more friends. Well, that's good. Now, you say get through your piano book. Um, that's a pretty good goal. Do you have any plans to, to, to reach that goal? Yes, I need to practice every single day. Every single day for how for how long? Um, until I'm finished with my two songs that I'm practicing for the week. Okay, see that's I that's a pretty good goal. Elsie's an artist too. I don't know if you have any goals for art. How about send your grandfather a picture every week? <laughs> that's what I'll 
That's my goal for you, okay? Okay. Now, Anna, now we're getting into the big leagues here. You're 16. What kind of a goal might you have for 2018? Well, first of all, we need to talk about her past goals. Her past goal was to buy her own car. Wait, one year it was to really, buy her own really horse. really, hard for that, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. You uh, bought it. I don't know if you want to say how much it was, but it was really hard, right? Yeah. And I couldn't drive it for a while because we couldn't get it registered until after I had my license. So it was just kind of sitting in the yard, and I got to fix it up and stuff and get all excited. But it's really great now. We got picked up at the airport in Anna's car last <laughs> night, and we thought, wow, this is a spiffy car. It's an old Mercedes. It's tan. It's beautiful. It's a classic. And her dad, has, has he changed it to a greasel? Yeah. So it runs on what? Vegetable oil. Vegetable oil. Where do you get your gas? <laughs> your, your, um, from restaurants when they use it, and then when they're done with it, and we take it, and then we put it in our car, and... <sighs> <laughs> it fuels our car. It fuels your car, so no no payments on gas. That's no. awesome. That and is pretty good. So do you get the gas yourself, or does your dad have to So, yeah, deal, the deal with me getting some of the gas from, or the vegetable oil is I have to go pick it up from downtown. But happy to do that instead of buy gas, so awesome. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. I, I'm recalling a year. How old were you when your goal was to buy a horse? Nine. Nine years old, this girl bought a horse. And she saved her money a long time on that and also bought all of the food. Yeah. And everything it needed. And when the cousins came one time, they said, Anna, are you going to get shoes for this horse? And do you remember what you said? Good heavens, no, that would cost more than the whole horse. <laughs> yeah. That was a good day. Those are good days. Well, you can tell we're kind of proud of these granddaughters. But, Anna, what about your goals for 2018? I have no idea what you're going to say. I've never asked you this before. Um, I have, I don't know, I have a lot of goals. I haven't really taken the time to just, like, sit and write them down. But I have some in my head. I want to practice piano more like Elsie does here. Uh, I got some new piano books for Christmas, so that's kind of motivating. Now, let me just break in for a second, Elsie. Is is practicing more a goal, or is that a plan? That's a plan. <laughs> she got you on that one, Well, my, my goal is I want to be able to sight read better. So. Sight read, okay. That's a great goal. Sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. What else? Um, and also, I want to go on my phone less. I have an app that like tracks my phone usage so I can go on the end of the day and eat like, oh, I was on my phone too much. Or, oh, I did pretty good today. Like, what did I do today that I did instead of on my phone? So that's ah, so it's kind of a goal to limit how much you're on your screen, huh? It's a little hard of a break because I'm on my phone less when I'm at school. But yeah, there's not much else to do yeah. in the break. Talk to your friends, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. Well, you girls are fantastic. We're gonna we're gonna expound a little on helping kids set goals because, in our view, sometimes kids are actually better goal setters than adults. Believe it or not. So, Linda, come sit here by me, and Anna, you can hang around, and maybe you'll have some other things you want to add as we go along. We just got a few. Do you have something else to say, Poe? What is it? My goal is to. Yeah. I forgot. 
She forgot. Okay. Well, goals, <laughs> goals are a little tough to remember sometimes. That's for sure. But you know, here's the thing. We, we've thought a lot of, one of the rituals in our family for many, many years has been helping kids to set goals. And you would think goal setting is kind of a thing for adults or for older kids. But what we found tracing way back to when our kids were very small is that even kids who are too young to write can set little goals. They can draw a picture of their goals. And the hard thing sometimes is to help kids to differentiate between what a goal is and what a plan is. So we were just talking to these grandkids today. We're looking out their window at Haleakala, the huge volcanic mountain here on the island of Maui. And we were talking about how if you had a goal to get to the top of Haleakala, that would be a goal because it's a destination. It's something you can reach. And your plan would be how far you wanted to go each hour or how many steps you needed to take or what your route would be or whatever. And once kids understand the difference between a goal of a destination arriving somewhere and a plan, it's kind of a leap. It's kind of a breakthrough in their thinking. And they begin to, to think in terms of goals and destinations. The little Elsie was interesting there, as you, as you noticed. Her, her, she, she's got it. She said, my goal is to get through this piano book. I was looking at the piano book, and it's, it's a big piano book with a lot of songs in it. And I want to be able to play all of those songs. But my plan is to practice every day. And that's a perfect example of a, a young kid who really understands both goals and plans. Now, there's two times during the year when kids are particularly interested in setting goals. Don't you think, Linda? One's the beginning of the school year when they can set school year goals. And normally that would be, I want to get seven A's out of eight classes or whatever. One key thing, though, and we've had to learn this by trial and error, you don't want to set the goal for them. The minute you become too controlling and too proactive and helping them decide what their goals should be, they become your goals and not the kids' goals. Yes, and it's so hard not to do that. You yeah. noticed you did that this morning? With I know. Girls. I was, I was talking about it like, that. You want to get all A's in school? Yeah. Well, the little girl says, uh, I think it was, oh, said, well, I already get all A's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to set that goal. <laughs> but it's so hard not to be directional and say, you want to this? Oh, well, you're so smart at this, or you're so good at soccer. Don't you want to have a soccer goal? And the reflexive parents' really egos, right? I mean, it's a typical thing now. Okay, what's your goal for math? Hey, you're very good at math, and all of us in our family are good at math. Don't you want to set a goal to get an A in math? And that instantly becomes your goal instead of their goal. Better let them think about it for a while. And you don't have to feel like you have to get it all done in one sitting. It's, it's fine to explain and talk about what a goal is and then say, let's think about it for a week. And, and then we'll decide what, what you can tell us then what your goal is going to be. Well, we had an interesting way that we did with the kids. Um, in the, the new year, we had them do their five facet goals. We had them say to themselves or write down, what do you want to do physically? What do you want to do socially, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually? What are those five goals yeah. that you want to do? And so the mental ones would usually be school, and the, the physical ones might be a sport or some other thing that you're that the child's interested in working on. 
But yeah, that was a good framework. And I, sorry, I lost my train of thought a minute ago, but well, the but two then, best no. times to set goals yeah. are the first of the year, like now, January, or the start of the school year, and, or both. And the start of the school year, this is how we ask them to do it. We said, you just set your academic goals, what do you want to do in school, however you want to do it. And then you have um, your extracurricular goals. I mean, what do you want to do with sports or music or whatever it is. And the third one was, what do you want to do for your character goals? And um, there were some interesting goals that came out of that one by character. It, it, first of all, I said, what do you mean? And and by the time they'd done it several times, they knew what we meant. I mean, it had to do with friends, had to do with loyalty and honesty and the things that were really, really important. And we really found that it was so important for them to just think about those three things for a school year and it made a huge difference. They had a big foam core board, they wrote down their goals on it, they had a theme for every year. It was awesome. By the way, before we, we take a break, and before Anna takes off here, I wanted to ask her one more question because we neglected in our introduction to say Anna is a champion swimmer and holds the record for the Isle of Maui, the historic record, the all-time record, for, for her age group for the 50-yard freestyle and the 100-yard freestyle. So, Anna, come over here for one more second before we go to break. How did, and I have no idea what you'll say on this, but uh, how did, did goal setting have any influence or any, did it come into play at all in, in your swimming up to this point? Yeah, so I had a hard season last year because I was kind of going through a plateau, which means that I'm not improving my times as much. And there are a lot of times where I didn't really want to go to practice, and I was feeling I don't have anybody my age on my team, so it's kind of hard. But I have um, coaches and uh, family friends who are coaches, and they kept me um, motivated and stuff and kept me to my goals so were your goals in terms of time like you wanted to hit a certain time or, or hit a certain number of minutes and seconds for a particular event yeah and I made it in some of my events and actually in some of them I made it more than I thought I would which you went beyond was, your goal yeah which is good that is awesome and do you think that People who are competitive swimmers sort of live by go the goal. It's easy to set a goal in swimming in a sense because the clock tells you whether yeah. you've reached it, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that that's awesome. And congratulations on all you've accomplished in swimming, Anna. We're going to come right back after this brief break and talk a little more about the fine art of helping young kids set goals that really matter and that really shape their lives. We'll be right back. We're back. We're talking today about helping kids set goals for the new year. Um, there are a lot of things that they can do really to direct kids. You think, oh, you know, they're too little to set goals, but wow, they are better goal setters than we are. Well, think about this. I mean, here's the important thing. Once, once a child has set a goal, and I'm talking about the child having thought about it and really come up with the goal on their own. It may not be the perfect goal. It may not be the exact one you'd want them to send. But, but once they have done that, think what it does to your relationship as a parent with a child. You are now their helper. You're trying to help them reach their goal. 
and think of the different chemistry of that as opposed to a nagging parent trying to get a kid to do something that the parent wants him to do. I mean, it's a, it's a remarkable transition where you're now in a position to be able to say, I don't want, I don't know, I want to help you with that goal. How, what, what can I do to help you reach your goal? It put it, it sort of creates a situation where you now as the parent are the consultant or the encourager or the coach rather than the director or the dictator or the nagger or the one that's always pushing the kids and trying to get them to do what you want them to do. And it actually puts the child in a position of ownership. I mean, they own that goal. They've not had direction from you. They thought of this themselves. This is something they really want to do. And boy, it's so powerful uh, when kids feel like this is my goal and this is my plan. Now, of course, it differs with kids of different ages. And by the way, we we were in a kitchen for the first part of that show, and there, there are chickens here in Hawaii and uh, lots of things going on, and I'm sure the audio quality wasn't so great, but thanks for bearing with us. We're now in a quieter bedroom. But it does, it changes according to the age of the child, obviously, Linda, and, and you could tell a little just from hearing from Anna, who's 16, She's a master goal setter. That girl has goals for everything. And, and that might be one question you could ask is, can it go too far? Can mm -hmm. kids get so caught up with their goals that, that it uh, has a negative impact? And honestly, I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> honestly, this girl is quite amazing. She saved money for so long to buy this car, literally. It was her car and her dad helped her find it and so on because it had to be a certain kind of car that could be changed in from a diesel to a greasel. But um, <laughs> it really is pretty amazing. And these kids really earn everything that they get and they uh, they live a lifestyle that's so amazing. They come out of a um, Goodwill store looking like they're fashion models. They just don't spend a lot of money on uh, clothing and so on. They just, they could, but they just don't. I mean, obviously the kids don't have a lot of it. Well, and, and you know, there's lots of different levels on, I mean, in, in our own family with our nine children, eight of whom now have children of their own, we see eight different models for this. And, exactly. and it's not all, it's not one size fits all. But this particular family that lives here in Maui is a, is a, you might call it an extreme case. I mean, if you think of a spectrum where on the one end, kids have no responsibility at all and they're just given everything and they have entitlement attitudes and they just think the world owes them a living and they want whatever they want and what all their friends have and they don't think they should have to wait for it or work for it. That's one extreme. Um, this family is on the other full extreme. Their kids earn their own money for everything and they'll go out. I mean, one of the, one of the kids was out with a, with a bucket and a brush offering to clean people's toilets. And you, <laughs> you might think that's pretty extreme and maybe it is. That might be the other extreme in, and finding where you want to be on that spectrum, how much responsibility you want to give your kids and how soon. But it, but it's also so fun. It's so fun to watch them, and it'll be fun to see how this transitions into adulthood. I'm sure there are going to be some really interesting things that come out of this. But 11-year-old last night was talking about doing a ba her bake sale. She does bake sales quite often for something that she wanted. 
Um, and it really is interesting how that mindset uh, grows as you become adults and spreads out. Interestingly, our children um, have had the wide spectrum from a child who um, had a goal to spend every nickel she got within 20 minutes <laughs> at the time she that got it. That might not have been her conscious goal, and then but we that's had what another she one, did. Another one who had a goal to not spend any money at all. I mean, just he was a miser. He just wouldn't spend a nickel on anything. Well, and we don't mean to transition this into into a discussion of money because goals, of course, is much much broader than that. And and the thing that's that's great is um, I, gu- I guess as a general principle, what we would say is don't underestimate the ability of younger children to set meaningful goals, and and think of it expansively. Linda's given you a couple of formulas, uh, you know, or ways to break it down: a physical goal, a mental goal, a social goal, and so on, or an academic set of goals and a uh, extracurricular set of goals and maybe a character set of goals. But, and, and I think parents can be very valuable to kids in helping them set up a category or framework within which to set the goals. But then they go beyond what then we they go, had in right. mind. It's pretty amazing on the character goals. One of our kids decided that he was going to sit by somebody that looked like they had a friend at the cafeteria at the high school. That didn't at least look once like they had it. Yeah, that, looked, that was alone. Sit by him and talk to them and engage them and so on. And that came from an experience where we had moved to, to Virginia and he felt so lonely in the cafeteria. Nobody ever talked to him. And he said, I, you know, I am never going to let anybody have this feeling because it's so miserable. But, you know, it's so interesting because they come up with a plan for things that you could never think of. Now, let's think about this, though. I mean, the, the process of helping a child become interested in setting goals Uh, there's an obvious wrong way to do it. And that is to sit a kid down with a piece of paper and say, set your goals, you know, I'll help you. Let me give you some ideas and and just sort of push the child to to do it before he understands it. A better way is to, I think the best thing we've seen parents do is to essentially show some of their goals to their children and sort of portray goal setting as a kind of an adult thing but something that I think you're old enough to do now. I mean, even if you're talking to a young kid, you know, I think if they see that this is something you do and if you can explain it in that way to them and say, I think you, you ought to have it. Second, the second key is have something big enough that kids are really aware of it. I, Linda's going to laugh at me for this, but I, I love foam core boards. <laughs> I, I think posters are fine. Anything big is fine, but, Foam core boards are great because they're rigid and you can stand them up. And what, what we used to do with our kids and what several, several of our kids do now with their kids is when they're going to have a goal setting time, either the start of the school year or the start of the new year. And frankly, you can do it at both times. They would give each of their kids a big foam core board, a big, you know, they're, they're like two feet by three feet and they're blank. And then maybe they would show the child something they had done on a chart. Here's what I want to do this year. Here's my goals at work. Here's my goals at church. Here's my goals in terms of my my tennis game or my golf game or whatever. So that kids start realizing that goals are something that you visualize. There's something you want to get to. They're a destination. They start understanding that by watching you and by you sharing your goals with them. And then here's a foam core board for you. 
Now, what kind of a goal do you want to set? Should we have one for your grade? Should we have one for, what do you think the category should be? The less, the, the more questions you can ask and the less directives you can give, the more the goal setting process becomes well, you that have of the give, child. You have, you have to give them some direction <clears throat> because especially little ones, they don't know exactly what to do. And I do have to laugh about this foam core bird thing because this has always been one of Richard's favorite things in the world. <laughs> I just love those. He has a big stack of foam core boards that he gets one out. Every time he gets a new idea uh, for a new goal, he just gets well, that out and starts writing at it. But, you know, what we did is gave them, asked them to think of their own theme <clears> for the year. What What is your theme for the year? And they would come up with cute, the upward and onward, or whatever it happened to occur to them. That rise to the motivated. top of my class or whatever. Rise up, was, I think, was what it was. But yeah. anyway, um, <clears throat> it is so amazing because we have a lot stored down in our garage now of those born for boards. And it's oh, so, so fun amazing. to look at those. The kids want see. to look at them when they come home. They want to say, let me look at my old goals boards, you know. Yeah. And the thing about them being big and visual is the kids would put them up in their room. And, and you know, visualizing a goal, part of that is having it where it's visible to you. And, and I when, remember going in some of the rooms and there was Michael Jordan's picture and there was Michael Jackson's picture and there was their their goals for the year <laughs> right right in the middle and i have to say i was at first uh not real supportive of that I thought come on they're not they're not going to put that up on a wall but actually when they own it and they spend a lot of time thinking it, yeah. about it they they do put it up and uh, it's pretty fun and remember linda when we and we had kind of a breakthrough when we were doing goals one school year and and i think we had a a four-year-old and he wanted to be included he wanted to be part of that even though he wasn't invited i mean he was we thought he was too young i can set a goal i can set a goal and i remember one of the goals he drew he couldn't write but i think i remember that eli a little four-year-old drew a goal and it was two stick figures holding hands and his goal was to get a new friend that week and that was his goal he drew it so i mean the point is it's a way of thinking, isn't it? Not beyond children. In fact, it's a powerful thing because it starts giving little kids, and especially older kids like Anna, who we're talking to, it starts giving them a sense that they can control their lives to some degree. They're not, it's hard to remember life through the perspective of a child, but a lot of children sort of think of themselves almost as pawns on a chessboard. They just go where they're told, do what they're told. Uh, it's not self-directed in their own minds and once they get this little breakthrough i can set a goal and i can reach the goal they begin to think of themselves as proactive entities and that's a powerful lesson exactly it is just so fun to see them come up with the the ideas and we we can't emphasize that too much um because as we said earlier it's just so it's so attempting to be directional yeah. and to try and figure out what they need to do. We know them so well and we want them to do what we want them to do. And you want them really to do what you want, what they want to do themselves. And so, so they own it. So think about that. We're out of time on ours on the road. If you're a grandparent, it's a great idea for grandparents to help young grandkids set goals and tell them about some of your goals over the course of your life. Have a great week ahead and we will see you next time or at least you'll hear us on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.